since the All-Star break has concluded. The Brewers get it done at American Family Field. Last night, it was a lot of dramatics, but they would beat the Minnesota Twins in some interleague play 7-6. to six. Luis Urias, Rowdy, the two times now, walk-off winner. Well, last time it took 13 innings. This time it just took the bottom of the ninth. But how about our Milwaukee Brewers getting it done three games above the Cardinals? Yeah, that, place that's a big win for the Brewers, especially because the Minnesota Twins are a pretty decent team. Decent. They lead the AL Central. But the fact that, how about the offense since the all-star break? Now I know. Sands sands the lefty on Sunday. Yeah. Now I know that it was Colorado who is a bad road team. And I know that it was Dylan Bundy on the mound last night. Who's meh, but they're scoring a lot of runs. Now the pitching is giving up a lot of runs. Well, I mean, Ethan small just got what called up. I mean, Ethan small, what's your take on Ethan small rowdy? He's uh, did you think he's gonna be like Cy Young out there? It was like, we're gonna give up some runs. Well, Ethan Small is one of their better prospects as a pitcher, but that was just his second major league game. Yeah. Three and two thirds innings, gave up four hits, three earned runs, struck out three. I'm not writing Ethan Small off as, yeah, he's done. He's never going to no. be that great, but you can't expect that much when he's basically been called up twice now. And they've been for spot starts. Yeah. Well, look at, I mean, look at the the pitching here in the box score. Ethan Small, three earned runs. Trevor Gott got, got one and one third innings, two hits, three earned runs. Uh, let's see here. And then it was zeros across the board from uh, Gustave to Boxberger to Devin Williams. And how about Josh Hader? Were you, were you surprised to hear or see Josh Hader come in uh, with the Brewers trailing? Or was it or tied, I should say, excuse me? A little bit, but also when you think about it, I think Craig Council's eager to get him out there to kind of prove that what yeah. happened the last two weeks before the All-Star break was a fluke, was a fluke. Yeah. and Josh Hader is back to being Josh Hader. Yeah. He retired the side. It all worked out well, but again, the offense is scoring a lot of runs. Speaking of that offense, I wanted to uh, do a little ditty. Oh, I like ringing that bell. So let's uh, do a little bell ringing. The pitch. Renfro to left. He just hit a three-run shot out of here. This one hit towards left. Backing up Garlic. Still back. Warning track gone. Luis Arias homers for the 11th time this year. And the Brewers increase their lead to 5-3. Bottom of the ninth. Here he comes again. Here it is. Swing on a fly ball. This one into right. McCutcheon's tagging. Larissa Rios, Rowdy, and Hunter Renfro. Uh, Colton Wong getting it done, too. And how about the fielding, the defense? Christian Yelich actually uh, head on a swivel. Jonathan Davis, too, in center field. My God. Yeah, and this is big for the Brewers because they're continuing to win. They're scoring runs. But how about the fact that the Cardinals are continuing to take it on the chin in Canada? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they lost. Well, the Cardinals also huge underdogs coming into today's game, even with Adam Wainwright on the mound, but it's kind of a big deal because you haven't had two of your best players. Mm-hmm. Obviously Nolan Arenado is out and Paul Goldschmidt not allowed to be in Canada due to the vaccine rules. Yeah. So, I mean, the Brewers got to take advantage of this when, when you're missing two guys that are always showing up on MVP lists and you're expected to try and go and beat another good team really good in the team. Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Man, that it's an opportunity for the Brewers to extend their lead. And they're doing stupid just that. Stupid rule, but opportunity for the Brewers to extend Insanely their lead. Insanely stupid rule, but yes, it is it is what it is. And I do want to have, well, it's not really a poll question, but it's kind of like a, yeah. haha, this would be a funny poll question. Oh, I got one of those today too, Rowdy. So you talked about Christian Yelich. Yeah. Hey, he, he, his defense looked good, and he turned a double play early in that game. And the, that's the funny part. You said his defense looked good. And now pretty much we've been criticizing Christian Yelich for the last three years about not only has he struggled uh, with the bat, but he's also looks like he's continuing to get worse and worse in the field. Yeah. Who has a better arm, Christian Yelich or Krylov, who made the attempted throw in from home on that sack fly from Luis Arias. 
That was terrible. <laughs> that, that, that was worse. Worse harm. <laughs> that, that 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 even did that skip before first base? I don't. I don't think that reached the dirt in the infield. Like he was out there in right field, and that wasn't like he was up against the fence. He tried to put everything he had behind it. I don't think. I think it hit the ground before first base. Like I think it skipped. I will have to go look. Like at that. when I originally saw it, right? It was Luis Arias hit it like middle deep. You figured that's deep enough to score the run, and then you see, <laughs> you see uh, Kirilov like loading up to chuck it. Oh, he, he put everything he had behind it. You know that you have Andrew McCutcheon on third, so you have decent speed. It's not uh, <laughs> you know prime Andrew McCutcheon back in his yeah. back in his day, but you know you still have decent speed. So like when you're seeing it's middle deep, okay, McCutcheon's on third. He should still probably get in there and not have that difficult of a throw unless the guy's got an absolute laser that he puts right on the yes. right on the home plate. When that ball came out, my jaw hit the floor. I don't think it mattered who was running. I think Matt Albers, the old relief pitcher they had a few years ago, could have trotted home. You're gonna have Daniel Vogel back there. You're gonna have like who <laughs> I have the all right. I have the video side of things, Rowdy, on TV. Let's see if they do a little more justice because on the radio call, Yuke uh, doesn't really. Oh, it's brutal. It's here's here's Yuke real quick. Here's Yuke on uh, Luis Arias' sack fly to win the game. Here he comes again. I don't think here he says anything in. about the throw in. Swinging a fly ball. This one into right. McCutcheon's tagging. There's the catch. Here's the throw. He's gonna score, and the Brewers win game one. All right. So the, when Yuke says, "Here's the throw," it literally the dude puts he corks up and puts everything he has behind it and immediately like spikes it into the ground. I don't even know how to describe it. Here's the, here's, I can't imagine it was his best effort. Here's the, here's the TV side of things. Uh, Luis Arias is up base at a loaded bottom of the ninth. It's six to six. It's, just take a listen. We'll see. Third, Duffy deals. Arias fly ball right field. Back on it is Kirilov. Tagging at third is McCutcheon. Throw to the plate. Never going to make it. So uh, I, watching the video, Rowdy, the ball. I, I don't know if it gets to the dirt. The ball. <laughs> and bad. when I say the dirt, I'm not talking about the dirt in front of home plate. I'm talking about the dirt by first base. All right, he's he's in he's in the dirt when he catches the ball. He runs into the dirt and then he corks it in. Oh my god! It hits like it. It does not hit the dirt. Like at the end of the. The base path. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know if it even got to the infield dirt. It literally was one of the worst throws I've ever seen. I take it back. That's, I, it was like a Chris Davis throw. I just we re, re, rewatched it. It's like one foot inside of the dirt. It just starts bouncing into. Oh like boy. that was my first initial thought after I saw it. Was my God, that's a bad throw. Who who could do it better than the you know, the Since we've we've talked about Rocky quite a bit, do you remember uh, in the Rocky Balboa, technically the sixth one, yeah, where he goes to the the dog shelter and gets a dog, yeah, and then he takes it home and and Paulie's like half drunk and he goes, <laughs> Paulie's yeah, always drunk, yeah, and he's like, what an ugly dog, yeah, what an ugly dog. Not oh nice you got a dog because you, you, you've been lonely since your wife passed away. It yeah. wasn't anything like positive. It was like. <laughs> Ugly dog. What an ugly that was dog. my first thought. It wasn't positive. Like, hey, the Brewers <laughs> just won. It was what an ugly throw. What an ugly throw. That's funny, dude. Yeah, that was. Uh, he literally, if you saw the outfielder for the Twins, the, the determination on his face and the amount of like, like oomphta he puts behind it, and then just the throw he uncorks is hilarious. Like, I have to imagine he's got a better arm than that, but this. He must have just held on to the ball too long as he was too amped up or something because it was like right into the ground. Yeah, he must have been really uh, wanting to leave. He's like, I just want to get out of here, dude. I don't want this to go to extra innings. Let me get out of here because uh, we know, and he this is his mind, we know we got to play tomorrow again. One ten first pitch, a little two-game set against the Minnesota Twins. Who's on the bump today? Uh, let's see here. Oh, what? No. Who's pitching today? Oh, Corbin Burns. There we go. Look at that. Chris, I was going to say Burns Burns versus Archer. Chris Archer, who is 2 and 4 with a 3.41 ERA against the uh, Corbin Burns the flamethrower. 7 and 4. Yeah, 2. It'd be 2. nice if uh, Burns could spin a gem today and the Brewers offense continues to score runs and all of a sudden you get a little two-game sweep of the Twins. Yeah, that would be nice. And then Thursday is a day off for the crew and they travel to Boston. They're taking on the Red Sox, Rowdy. 
Fenway Boston's up. struggling right now. They're not playing good baseball. So yeah, the crew right They're talking now, about Boston being sellers here this week. That's crazy. Uh, I haven't looked at the AL for a while. They're like 500. Oh, my God. They're they're last in the AL East. They're, uh, the Orioles only have played one less game, so they're up a half a game. Yeah, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. Wow. And look at that AL East, though, though, man. The Yankees are just juggernauts, obviously. The Blue Jays, who were we just talking about going against the Cardinals, a really good team. Uh, Yankees are 66 and 32. Jays are 54 and 43. And then you have the Rays, which we're going to get into the Tampa Bay Rays today, Rowdy. There is some, there are some things that we don't care for. Uh, Corbin Burns on the bump, obviously. We'd like to see him, like, you know, pitch. What happened? And just, just dip the toe with it. What happened to the Rays last night? Well, first off, if Boston was in the NL Central with the current record that they have, I mean, they're only five games back. Yeah. Now, like you said, the American League East, you have the Yankees who are the best team in baseball. Toronto is good. Tampa Bay is clearly over 500. Baltimore is even a game over 500. And then there's Boston. Yeah, Boston was at one point sitting there like uh, right around trading blows with Tampa and Toronto in second place mm-hmm. to all of a sudden going on a two and eight in their last 10 and they're 500 and talking about selling at the deadline. Wild. Uh, we got our guy, just Jeff saying, I'm trying to find the, the video of <laughs> the final play of the Brewers winning last night with that terrible throw. Let me give you guys a trivia question here. Your options uh, for the, or I'll see if you can get it. I'm not giving you options. Which of these two teams, and this was at American Family Field last night. You probably get it pretty easily. Which of these two teams made us sit through three rain delays in one game because they don't have a roof on their ballpark? Oh, okay. This is the, didn't you guess? It's the Minnesota Twins. Yeah. As the Brewers at American Family Field last night they put that up that on the one. Jumbotron. And said, which of these two teams made us sit through the three rain delays in one game because they didn't have a roof on their ballpark? The Twins, Brewers, zero rainouts since 2001. <laughs> I love the trolling. Uh, Rowdy, we're looking here, uh, this Minnesota Twins team, um, with the Brewers going against the Rockies, I know you were like, oh, lucky to win some games. They still weren't looking the greatest. The bats are looking good outside of that one uh, Monday game against the Rockies when they had the lefty up. But with them now beating the Twins the way they did, 7-6 to six coming from behind, are you getting, I know it's one game against the Twins, but are you getting a little more inspired over this Brewers team uh, saying, past the All-Star break? Well, I'm feeling a little bit better because if you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, we talked about how they're starting to score runs. Now, this was a team that... It, it felt like feast or famine, right? Mm-hmm. Like some games, all of a sudden they'd score 10 runs. And then for like three games in a row, they'd score like two, two, three. And it was kind of frustrating because how many times have we seen good starts from Corbin Burns or insert Milwaukee Brewer pitcher name here where they throw a good game like, I don't know, Aaron Ashby two nights ago. Yeah. And they can't get a She's win because so the offense doesn't score He's so at unlucky. all. Well, it's nice to see that for the most part, post all-star game, they've been scoring more runs. Now they actually, when I was looking at runs per game, they, they had been sitting most of the season somewhere between like 12th and 15th, -hmm. pretty standard middle of the road, pretty average. And it was almost exactly what they were doing last season. They all of a sudden, after the break, they've jumped into the top 10. I think they were eighth last night. Nice. Well, so it's good they're scoring runs. But when you talk about players particularly, you have to look at Hunter Renfro. The guy's hit four home runs in his last five games. Crushing, dude. Finally healthy. And when he's been healthy this year, he's been really good, both offensively and even defensively. Colton Wong had two more hits. Don't look now, but Colton Wong sitting in the 240s. Oh. Like Colton Wong almost the entire season was hitting like 220. All, I think I heard uh, he's hitting like 270 since uh, mid-June, which is a huge thing for the Brewers because when you look at what they got from Colton Long last year, he had a pretty good offensive season, especially average wise. Now, was I expecting Colton Long to come in here this year and hit 280 or hit 300? Yes. No. But you said you expected the errors to be less though, right? Well, for for sure. He had to be more sure handed, but you were hoping for like a, like a Colton Long that hit like 260. He's getting closer to that. McCutcheon has been, Hey, Decent McC- all McClutchin. year. Uh, Luis Arias all of a sudden the last 
couple weeks has been swinging the bat well. He was a guy that was hitting about 220, it felt like, the entire season. Don't look now, but he's in the mid-230s. Like, I can't help and those look. are guys that we thought, just those three in general, you were hoping Hunter Renfro could come in and basically be Avisel Garcia. If you... If you're a Brewer fan that wanted them to re-sign Avisel Garcia to a big year after he had his career year last year, yeah. you were sadly mistaken because he has not played well in Miami. Hunter, Hunter Renfro has been good, hasn't been healthy. Colton Wong has not been good, also has been banged up. Luis Arias has not played as well as he did last year, also wasn't healthy the first month. Finally, these three guys look like they're healthy post all-star break, or we could even say like a week or two leading up to all-star break. Once they all got back and started to swing the bats a little, little bit better. The one guy that I'm still, I just, I shake my head when I see him hit most of the time is Willie Adamas. Oh dude. What has happened to you? Did you guys see, all right, last night it's the eighth inning bases are loaded. There's two outs. Willie Adamas is up there. He took like, it was four or five straight fastballs. Yeah. It's, I think the the count was full. Willie Adamas stands up there, bat on the shoulder. Like he was Christian Yelich against the, what, uh, Atlanta Braves with the (laughs) final at bat. And the pitcher throws a a curve in there and Willie Adamas just stands there. It was right down the middle. Curve right in the middle, yeah. and then he struck out, and that was the end of the eighth inning with the bases loaded. Well, and the Craig Council lost his mind, like screaming at the umpire. It's like it was like I feel like the there's oh. only three results That's from cause... Willie Adamas at bats this year. Yeah, it's strikeout, it's pop out to the infield, mm-hmm. or it's a home run. Yeah. yeah, but he was mad because there was a pitch that actually hit the strike zone that he thought was out of the strike zone, so he felt that should have been a walk. Oh, well, they hit him with the curveball to strike him out. He just struck right. out looking. Yeah. And then Craig just got him was, like, losing his mind. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you yelling at? He, like, lo- he lost his mind at pitch number two. Oh, okay. Because it should have been, like, in his mind, it should have been 0 2. But, I mean, it the ball like, hit damn, the dude. strike zone. Like, if I just go right down the Brewers lineup, if we're looking at, you know, the team that played last night, Yelich, since getting moved into the leadoff spot, he's been okay. Like, he started out kind of hot. He still gets on base. I'm not I'm not glad what he's doing because I'd expect more with the contract, clearly. Yeah. But he's been okay at the leadoff <laughs> spot. Is. Willie Adamas offensively has been a thumbs down. I know people are like, oh, but he's hitting he's hitting more home runs. Yeah, but this is a guy that's a career two sixty hitter that's now hitting two fifteen. And yeah, his home runs are up a little bit, but it's not like Willie Adamas is gonna finish the season with thirty home runs. I think he need late he needs LASIK. Rowdy Telez, I feel like for everybody, the average might be a little bit lower, but the production's probably a little bit higher than what they were expecting. So that's probably net neutral. Uh, McCutcheon has played better than I actually expected he would. McCutcheon. Wong's got to pick it up, but he has been playing better. Renfro's played well when healthy, just has to stay healthy. Urias has to pick it up a little bit from where you thought. Catching position overall between Caratini and Narvaez has been okay. It's not like it's been great, but I heard some people on Twitter saying, oh, Omar Narvaez isn't hitting. Okay, he's had like two good years where he's hit the baseball. <laughs> and then that, he's had, yeah. yeah, other than that, he's been pretty average. Yeah. You're paying him $5 million. It's not like he's some big time catcher. Caratini yeah. has been de- actually pretty decent for what they ask him to do. Yeah. But when I hear people say, oh, they need to go get a center fielder, they need to go get a third baseman, they need to go get more starting pitching, more relief pitcher, they need a catcher. Well, clearly you can't fill all five positions. <laughs> yes, you can. And what do you mean, Rowdy? They, uh, there's no salary cap. Open the books. There's no salary cap. Spend the Come money, on, bro. Trade the flipping farm. Stop buying. The other thing that we can do now. Stop buying memorabilia. Is when they, wa- when they want like a, another catcher. Damn it. Sorry. My thinking is. They already have three. <laughs> who, who are you going to go get, though, that's going to make you a lot better? Hey, one can't be in the playoffs, though. Uh, Real Muto. Yeah, but is Philly going to part ways with you? Know what I'm saying? What's that been? There's one that plays in Wilson Chicago. Contreras. Do you yeah. think that they're actually going to trade with the Brewers? Hey, the if the, Wilson, okay. the Nationals are talking about making trades with the Mets. Do you, if Wilson Contreras, it's not going to happen. But would you welcome him with open arms? No. The Milwaukee Brewers. It'd take Contreras? a minute. It would, or two. it would be hard. But like that's what I'm saying. It's like some I of those. I still don't good, welcome Grayson Allen to the Bucks. Well, we're done with him. When they're talking about <laughs> oh, they, the need to, they need <laughs> to find a good catcher. Here's the thing. The best catchers aren't available, 
And guys that probably would be available. What's Luke doing? Hey, do you everybody really has a price? Hey, he's going to be at the park in uh, in the next couple of weeks Luke for Roy? the uh, alumni weekend. What's wrong with Luke Roy <laughs> like, doing? Nothing. He retired. <laughs> like all those top all, all those top catchers. The they're most of the time their teams are in contention. You're really not going to be able to trade for them. Everybody has a price. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, PJ Fleck, was uh, doing his rounds yesterday at Big Ten Media Days. Our sports director, Zach Heilprin, and one young Ben Kenny, YBK, yeah. were, uh, are still down there. They're going to join us today at 820. They joined us yesterday at 840. And they're going to talk, um, you know, the sights and sounds yesterday. The Badgers get their turn today. Paul Christ, Graham Mertz, Keanu Benton, as well as Nick Herbig are down there. So we're going to hear from them. Kenny and Heilprin, a uh, special edition again today from... Uh, what was that, uh, 2 to 4, right before the Wisco Sports Show, right after Bill Michaels. But yesterday, P.J. Fleck, while making his rounds, had some interesting things to say. Uh, before we get to Fleck, though, <laughs> Tanner Morgan, which, for A, can you guys believe the guy's still in school? Uh, He's been there for a while. Is he in his he, doctorate or something? Like, he should have left when he had two quality NFL-style receivers and had the best career out of, or best season out of any big ten so, quarterback, RJ just say the year of, uh, 2019. <laughs> yeah, and then he got that obviously the extended year with COVID. Well, COVID if you year. if you remember back to the before times when Jack Cohn was playing quarterback for the Badgers, they had a nice little season. Should have yeah. won the Rose Bowl. Arguably, if they don't lose to Illinois and they hold on to the Big Ten championship game, they're probably in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor ran wild. Uh, Quintez Cephas and Dammy Davis were <laughs> pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Well. Tanner Morgan, statistically, him and Jack Cohn were back and forth for like the third best quarterback in the Big Ten that year. And don't forget, that was when they had Justin Fields in the Big Ten, who is the second pick in the draft. Like they he you're talking about Rashad yards and uh, Johnson. Yeah. And they. They, Tyler Johnson. Yeah, that's they, the same like, year the guy got jacked up and P.J. Fleck ran out of the oh field yeah. and got, got a 15-yard penalty. But yeah, he he looked Fleck. pretty good. Absolutely. Like, I would say NFL scouts oh. probably would have taken him over Jack Cohn if they had both come that out. That was his sophomore year. Couldn't have come out. Oh, was no. was. Well, there you go. He, but he was, that's the thing. He was a good player. Then all of a sudden, what was it? Tyler Johnson went to the NFL. He still had Rashad Bateman. But then the Rashad Bateman, hurt? yeah, he was dinged Quit. up. Quit. Yeah. But... Remember, Minnesota was a bunch of idiots in how they used Bateman. Because remember, Bateman came back and he was he was banged up, but they also tried to play him more in the in the uh in the slots and the outsides. Yep. And it was like, hey, he's a he's a receiver that just has his one position. Cause Tyler Johnson was the outside guy. Yeah. Bateman was the slot guy more more or less. They tried to use him on the outside and he wasn't as effective and he was a little banged up, which could have led to that. Sure. But and then he was pissed off, and like RJ said, kind of just was like, I'm done here. Yeah, I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. And Tanner Morgan really didn't play well since. Well, it's been multiple years now. And I, is it six years now for Tanner Morgan? Yeah, it says yeah. six, but... This is six years. I thought, he could, have, I thought he could have left after 19. I thought so, too, but it has him listed as... Well, they count the COVID because they get that additional year with COVID, the COVID year. Is yeah, that, but that wouldn't change his eligibility yeah, like, yeah, as in number of years. Yeah. Oh, they don't list him as a red shirt, but he did red shirt in 2017. So, yeah, he should have yeah, okay. left in 2019. All right, so Tanner Morgan, I'm going to play two things from him, then I'm going to get the PJ Flex comments, which are hilarious. Tanner Morgan, though, this is a quick comment. Imagine that you are a part of this program, the Minnesota Golden Gophers, and your head coach makes you – greet people when they ask you a question how you're doing it makes you greet people in this way it, insane take a listen to ben kenny says hi to him and, and listen to how tanner morgan responds him. back with they're made to do this joining us now at the table minnesota quarterback tanner morgan tanner how are you how's um, the day yeah i'm doing elite uh good to get started with you guys I'm doing elite. That's not proper English, by the way. I'm doing elite. Because elite is... PJ Fleck makes his team say that. A group that is superior in terms of ability or qualities to the rest of society. That 
isn't proper English of I'm doing elite. How are you? How's I'm, the day? Yeah, I'm doing elite. Uh, I'm doing elite. Now, how? I mean, you could just say I'm elite at that point. You you added extra words. And so yes, I am. That, that is I'm a being, requirement uh, to be a Minnesota Golden Gophers. I'm being a stickler on here, but then again, I have a degree in English and journalism. So, Rowdy, if someone, Rowdy, you're no nonsense kind of guy. If someone were to tell you that, hey, you're playing for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, you not only have to roll the boat, but when someone asks you how you're doing, how do you respond? You have to say, I'm doing elite. What would you say to that person? Say back to that person? Yeah. A.K.A. P.J. Flat. Something that if I said wouldn't be on these airwaves anymore. <laughs> Probably wouldn't have a job here anymore. What the F did you just say? Like what you said uh, one time to the Milwaukee Brewers? No. Yeah. Not not that, but no. <laughs> uh, be, we can't repeat it. it yeah, repeat it, would be, it. it would be different um, frowned <laughs> upon give, language. Just say just it. Just say it. <laughs> 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 like Ralphie from Christmas Story, except not fudge. <gasps> All right, so here is this then. This part is where it gets funny. Zach Heilprin, our sports director, he is no stranger to poking the bear a little bit. No. He's got some very dry humor, likes to be sarcastic. What's the one big knock? Well, there's a lot of knocks on Minnesota, the Gophers. Row the boat? Besides the row the boat, they're, I'm doing elite. Oh, they're rings? That's a bingo. And Rowdy, Rowdy, who wants to, if folks forget about the rings, how would you describe the co-Big Ten champion? Well, if, if you remember back yeah. to 2019, <laughs> the same year <laughs> we were talking well, about way back when. when Tanner Morgan was pretty good yeah. and the Badgers were really good. Yep. That was when so they were doing it, elite. It came down to a snowy game up in Minneapolis. Mm. Winner won the Big Ten West and got to go play in the Big Ten championship game. Mm, 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 mm. And Wisconsin went up to Minneapolis and absolutely throttled the Gophers. Blank candom. And they technically, technically Blank tied candom. for the Big Ten West with the same record. Thanks, but Iowa. Wisconsin had the head-to-head win uh. and was the team playing in the Big Ten championship game representing the West. Yeah, I don't remember a split squad of Minnesota yeah. and Wisconsin. Nope. And then there was these two squads Minnesota Gophers that came up with a Big Ten West co-champions t-shirt and ring. Yeah. Yep. I probably would respond to that exact same the exact same way I would respond to Tanner Morgan or PJ Fleck <laughs> telling me they're doing elite today. <laughs> Words you can't say in these airwaves. Correct. Well, Zach Heilprin, our sports director, asked Tanner Morgan about the Big Ten co-champion ring. I'd Take like a to, listen to I'd the like answer. I'd like to know if he had a smile on his face when this question was asked. Not Zach, Tanner Morgan. Well, well Zach's going to join us at 820. I'll ask him. Let's, let's see if we can. Tanner Morgan tries to distance himself kind of from the co-Big Ten champion ring. Take a listen. Here's Zach and then Tanner Morgan, the Gophers quarterback. This is going to sound like... A shot, but it's not. <laughs> I just want to put that out there right now. Um, you mentioned winning the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. You guys kind of did win it, right? Though, like you guys have the rings and everything. How often do you wear that? Never. Okay. Uh, we just, we, don't, we have the, you know we talk about from twenty nineteen. Yes. Yeah. So we have um, never, never. You know that was the year we won the Outback Bowl. So we have the Outback Bowl um, rings. Um, that makes more sense. Yeah, no, and they gave us the hats and stuff. I don't, uh, I don't wear it. Uh, I mean, it's obviously you know coach champions and stuff. But we did, we didn't play for the conference, um, and that's n- nobody's fault but our own. You know, we put ourselves in that situation, lost that game, uh, put a really good team, and you know Jonathan Taylor, Jack Cohn spinning it. Um, Jack Cohn guy. Uh, um, <laughs> All right, so there you go. Tanner Morgan, Jack Cohn. Tanner guy. Morgan to the chagrin, to the chagrin of probably PJ Fleck was doing a leap. Or any Minnesota fan who's like, we won. I like, I, distance my favorite himself. part about the entire question there was when he responded, he was like, are you talking about 2019? No, we're talking about the other the, year. No, the other year. Be year you had COVID to have rings made. No, yes, 2019 Tanner. Okay, well, then let's turn our attention to one Mr. Elite himself, PJ Fleck. This is a very interesting, well, it's a simple question. And then PJ Fleck's answer is like cringy, eye rolly, just Kind of like how he is. RJ, what was PJ Flex's first year in the Big Ten? Because I'm trying to remember when I was at Big Ten Media Days with Zach in 2017. I want to say it was like his first year or his second year. He was brand new to the Big Ten. And it was right after the uh, Cotton Bowl because the Badgers played Western Michigan. 
Um, his first year was 2017. So okay, Cam so that Morgan's would have been first year. Yeah, that would have been his first year in the Big Ten. Yeah, and just when he walked into Big Ten media days and how he talked to people and acted, you knew this guy was a douche. <laughs> Gigantic. <laughs> Is it Bobby who came up with who the, came up with the, the captain douche, of the douche, douche canoe? canoe. Yeah, that, yeah, our guy Bobby. All right, so take a listen to the question. Like then, he's just a guy. Like when he walked in. And just how he talked to people and responded and just the way he carried himself. Mm-hmm. You could sit there from afar and be like, I don't like this guy. He kind of, there's a question like later him. on in the interview they had where they kind of asked him about his shtick kind of. Yeah. And he says, I'm basically weeding people out that don't want to be around me. He goes, people that don't want to be around me, I don't want them on my program. He's like, I want people that want to be involved. I'm like, that's actually, right. like it was a good answer from PJ. He Flood. weeded yeah. me out. We about did, 10 seconds into seeing him. I yeah. don't know how he didn't weed literally everyone out. I don't know how he didn't come into like, the hiring process I in had, Minnesota. Like, I had yeah, we'll no like, beef against P.J. Fleck. The only thing I knew about P.J. Fleck is that he was at Western Michigan. They had pretty good teams, and he seemed like he was a pretty decent coach. Yeah, I, You didn't get all of this you know, row-the-boat stuff. It, that wasn't super publicly out there yeah. in 2017 yeah. before he even started with the Gophers. Or maybe it just and, wasn't covered because he was well, at that's Western what Michigan. Well, that's what I'm saying. It was there at Western Michigan because they had that little battle, but it wasn't and like thrown I also in your thought face. it was Western Michigan's. Yeah, they, they, well, had no, a, they had to. They had a little no, battle. I know, but he I, had to like sue. Did he? I thought it was Western Michigan's like saying. Did he have to take them to court to get the the, the no, trade? They or? had like a. It, it's hit like apparently. Wasn't there like anywhere, a big scuttlebutt any, over it though? But anywhere he goes, because people are like, "Oh, what what is he going to do with the row of the boat thing? He made it such a thing." Yeah. Well, he goes in saying it's his, like it's in his contract that he takes it yeah, with so that's him. That's what it was. Well, yeah. like at the time, it was like a little thing that he did at Western Michigan, but it wasn't like made yeah. to be a big deal. Right. It was just kind of like Western Michigan was good. PJ Fleck is like this new flashy head coach that's up and coming. Yeah, I had no beef against PJ Fleck. But I kid you not, within the first 10 seconds of seeing guy, him, like 20, 30 feet away at yeah. Howie, it was like, I'm weeded out already. It's like, this guy, not my kind of guy. No. All right, take a listen to the question and the answer from P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck really dances around uh, the question at hand. For you, winning the West, is that like the top? Is that the first goal? What's what's the first goal for Minnesota? Is it? Well, I think we, we, we've accomplished a lot of the first goals, right? Uh, well, yeah. You know, we, we're, we're 3-0 and in bowl games, and then when you kind of look at what we did in 19, winning 11 games for the first time since 1904, those things can't be ignored because I was asked a question earlier. Have you accomplished what you thought you'd accomplish come year, going into year six? And it's yes and no, you know, you, you, you want to win championships. Like that's the ultimate goal, but just winning one, you're like, okay, then you got to go win it again. Then you're expected to do it again. So there's, there's something that you chase that you're not going to ultimately ever get. I must pause it right there. RJ, you made a really in- intriguing face. We well, won a championship. Now we got to go get more. Yeah. I don't remember them winning a championship. That's why I paused it. Rowdy, do you remember Minnesota winning a championship? Are we talking about 2019? Uh, 2019 seems to be the recurring theme here for PJ Fleck, Tanner Morgan, and the Minnesota Golden Gophers when they were Cole, Big Ten champions, but the Badgers played yep. in the championship game and didn't attend the Big Ten championship game. Huh? But they won a championship. Here's more from Fleck. You do you right? Um, but what you can do is strive for it and check all these little goal boxes on the way there. And we've done that. Um, you know, no offense to all of you. One of those main things was after 15 straight years, let's find a way to get this ax back. Right. Um, and two of the last four years we've had it and we're very proud of that. And I, I feel like whether you like Minnesota or hate Minnesota, uh, the rivalry feels back. And I like that. And I think our fans like that. And I think I the, the Wisconsin that. fans totally. like that. And, um, and I think that's really important for the rivalry. And so that was one of the landmarks. So you're, you're kind of going and checking things off on the way to, yes, obviously wanting to win championships. Uh, but that's not the end-all, be-all. Um, His, again, what championship have they won? The only thing I can say about P.J. Fleck is when he talks about the, the Minnesota-Wisconsin rivalry and how they have been competitive, mm-hmm. man, some of the Man, most demoralizing hungry. games that I've watched Wisconsin play the last few years have been when they lost to Minnesota. Yeah. At least PJ Fleck doesn't punt from his own 30. <laughs> the one thing I will say though, it's a he, good, that's actually a good point. He says they won uh they've won championships. 
plural, apparently. <laughs> from their um, like, what in the... But... It's a good point. Wisconsin doesn't put Big Ten West championships on their facade. Well, I'll be completely honest, RJ, if we're we're going to be 100 you here, cold, they Ten? also don't put Big Ten champions on the, any facades either because yeah, they, they can't beat Ohio State. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, <laughs> you don't You don't put a division championship on they the They put facade. a coal. Not Badgers, Gophers. Right, Cole. I I I would not be shocked if if we go to the Twin Cities and look at their facade between their upper deck, and they probably have a line of Big Ten West champions. They made a ring for. I will Cole say, I think some of the most pissed off a games ring. that you've watched since PJ Fleck got to Minnesota f- that the Wisconsin Badgers have played. Yeah, Minnesota's got to be at least. Two of them. Yes. There's that one. And There's then the, the BYU Hornibrook, game. Hornybrook senior year with the Badgers. <laughs> just, just where that whole season. They just got annihilated. Wasn't that? Oh, I can't remember. Was that at home? I, I can't remember exactly, but they just got piss pounded by Minnesota. And it was like ugly. You're just, you couldn't uh, even look at the TV. Yeah, I believe that was at home. See, that's why I can't remember because you try to block it out because it's so bad. And then last year. Like, those were two of the most brutal losses where it was like you, you didn't even want to watch the game because you were just getting so upset. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I will give him credit for that. G-Dub, uh, good morning, G-Dub. He says, F-word, Minnesota. Good morning, boys. Good morning, G-Dub. I couldn't agree more. Muck, Minnesota. RJ couldn't agree more. PJ Fleck, the dude is just such a knob. Such a knob. That was 2018 was the one you're thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. That, that game... 37 to 15. It's almost as bad as punting from your opponent's like, 30. What's worse, punting from your opponent's they, 30 or saying making your teammates or making your players say, I'm doing elite? They out-Wisconsin to Wisconsin in that game. I'm doing elite. Doing elite. So what happens if Tanner Morgan doesn't say that? I don't, I don't know. 50 lashes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing, and, I'm and, doing and suicide good. drill. Sempaku. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, how you doing today, Tanner? Good. Uh, ah! I have to say I'm doing a leap, but it's so douchey. Yeah, I'm doing good. PJ Flex, I'm screaming out of nowhere, just like, no! What'd you say? You're benched! This music gets me fired up. Why? Oh, hey, Guns N' Roses pretty badass. P. Jim Rohn's pretty good at what he does. And see, Kenny and Heilbrunn live at Big Ten Media Days. What's up, babies? What's going on? Oh, just as predictable as Kevin Cash pulling a pitcher. Oh, we were going to get to this topic coming up. Hey, real quick, Benjamin, Kevin Cash, uh, What? Uh, real quick, tell the folks what happened last night, Rowdy, really quick. <laughs> I'm, I don't I know. Don't. <laughs> uh, Rowdy bet on the I, game. I feel like Rowdy th- had the raise. I feel like we... I, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I feel you like know how much we laughed at this last night, Nelson. This was our entertainment last night. Uh, as we sat at the bar, about to close things down, seeing your tweet, crying about it. Saw the highlights of the game on Sports Center. Oh, splendid! <laughs> hey, Good game. Hey, Good baseball amazing. game. Chill amazing. out there, Axel Rose and Slash. <laughs> Uh-oh. It right. was amazing. I've never, I've, I've never seen Ben smile more than when he saw your tweet. Uh, <laughs> not, yeah, we'll it get was to, amazing. We'll get to it a little later. We'll get to it a little later. All right. So, boyos, we were uh, actually. I had the pleasure. So last night, uh, I happened to be listening to your show from two to four. Well, afternoon, uh, Kenny and Halpern. It was incredible. Choice on that. I, whoever was producing it too was just <laughs> dialed in. But uh, Connor was in. Yes. No, he's. He's supposed to be in the last two days. I don't know. All right, anyways, but I'm listening to this incredible show, Kenny and Heilprin. Just crazy good. Uh, just really tight on the board, too. But, boys, yeah. PJ Flack, what the hell was this dude saying? Zach, you asked him a question. We were replaying the audio this morning uh, about uh, just the question he has about the goals in front of him. And he went, like, just unconscious. Yeah. So, like, he was at, uh, uh, in the movie Old School when Will Ferrell, Frank the Take, is up there in a debate club. And then he just went on about, like, Winning the Big Ten West and getting a championship and this and that. What was the takeaway from PJ Fleck and the Minnesota Golden Gophers besides being elite at Big Ten Media Days yesterday? I was gonna say he's, yeah, I was gonna say he's an absolute donkey. Like that was my. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, he is. He's, 
He may be. Um, I actually didn't have a huge issue with pretty much anything he said until the end, when he was taught when he dropped all his different acronyms yeah. and, oh, and all God. that stuff on me. But um, yes, no, PJ Fleck. Like I, he didn't let me finish the question. Like there were a bunch of times where I was trying to get the question. I was asking him a question, and he like would just cut me off and start answering. So that was a little bit annoying. But overall. I thought it was solid. I thought it was solid for PJ Fleck. Well, he is. He didn't care for. He didn't care for Ben's. He didn't care for Ben's questions at all. He just gave him like one word answers and waited for what you had to say. But he also noticed that you were a married man, Zach Halperin, so he was paying attention. But yes, Benjamin, what were you saying? He's a big Dells guy. I just posted the clip on my Twitter at Ben Z Kenny. But he used to be go to the Wisconsin Dells for vacation all the time. So big Dells guy. And he's got a Wisconsin uh, Badger shirt, or used to, anyways. So, yeah, I don't know if you ever – have you ever seen that picture, Evo? Like, when he got hired at Minnesota, yes. it popped up all over the place. So, yeah, him, like, being a little kid. Yeah. Um, but, no, he's – he is a – he is a guy that is for certain tastes, and that taste is not mine. Oh, he is – I did like what he had to say because he was it, like – his his shtick is he's trying to weed out the people that don't want to be with him. And my retort would have been, like, yes. I'm surprised anyone wants to be with you. Right. But then you listen to Tanner Morgan, who we also talked to yesterday, and Ben asked him, how you doing? And he said, elite. And so Tanner Morgan, definitely a P.J. Fleck guy. Ugh. Definitely a P.J. Fleck guy. I mean, so, it's his 12th year in college. Yes. If they don't say being elite or elite, because I'm sure it's a P.J. Fleck thing, do they have to, like, run laps or, like, does P.J. Fleck go make him row a boat or something? Is there any ramifications for not saying being elite? God dang it, that's a qu- great question we should have asked him yesterday. That would have been uh, a great follow-up. That's, he, damn it. Probably makes him wear the could, ring. Could have, yeah, could, <laughs> right? Could have used, could have used you, could have used you uh, in my ear uh, as a great producer asking that question. Man. That would have been, that would have been elite. Well, let me ask you this. So uh, on that big, cold Big Ten championship ring, it sounds like uh, one individual does not even want to acknowledge it, its existence. What did Tanner Morgan all have to say about this? Gained some appreciation for Tanner Morgan yesterday, some some respect for him. No uh, doubt. Because P.J. Fleck got these stupid-ass rings uh, from their co-Big Ten championship after they lost to Wisconsin in 2019. He gave they, – they got co-Big Ten West championship rings. And he's very proud of it. Um, the players, though, not so much, especially Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan asked him straight up, said, how often do you wear that? And he said, never. And he's never put on the hat that uh, – the co-Big Ten championship hat – that they uh, that they also got he it's not existent for him and I, I gain a lot of respect for him for saying that because PJ Fleck probably wears his twenty four seven. So Ben, you sounded and as I was listening to your fine program yesterday, and Zach, maybe you can uh, you know confirm this or not. Was Ben extra giddy when Barry Alvarez sat down to talk with you guys? <laughs> I think that's fair to say. I mean, rightfully so, right? I, yeah. It's exciting. Yes. Uh, well, here's the thing about Ben. Oh God, he was suckling. Was he suckling? Real, real quick, was he suckling again last night in his sleep? <laughs> so, Evo, we decided that this conversation will only be had in the two minutes Should've before we go on air later to today. Why is that? Because we can only afford the one bed hotel room. No, they have two. They have two beds. They have two beds. <laughs> Get two. Uh, but we have two beds and a sofa pullout, just in case. Just in just in case Jack Cohn shows up and oh, God. Uh, oh, God. potentially wants to wants to spend the night with Ben. Uh, they have that ability to so, pull out the couch. Is that, is that, is that uh, what the suckling noises I, were about, Jack Cohn? I, I feel like Ben would wind I, up on the couch. With, with I mean, with Jack, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. Is Ben still there? Oh my goodness! the The eye rolls are coming in hard. His he is not happy. You I guys have any real ever. questions? I could hear the uh, eye roll. I could hear the <laughs> eye roll. Oh yeah, how was that? Right. so sitting down to Barry yeah. Alvarez? I mean, what did he have to say about you know the future of college uh, football or sports in general? Because you guys were talking a little bit uh, nil, were you not? Yeah, clip is also up on my Twitter and our show's Twitter, Kenny and Hyoprin. But I think he shares the attitude of many. Uh, nil is a thing that is a great. Uh, thing for student athletes to be able to get if they're able to cultivate some sort of brand, but to somehow separate it from what goes on in recruiting. I think his exact words were, uh, it has become, I, I don't want it to be just throwing money at somebody. That's what makes me sad about it, is what he said. So I, I think he shares the same attitude. We also talk with him about how that gets cracked down upon 
And I don't think there was a clear answer because I don't think there is. The NCAA does not have any type of ability to, to, to cut down on this. That's, that's the problem. Like you have no, you, Your governing body has no teeth. Your governing body has no ability to sit there and say, nope, can't do that. You're going to be on probation or you're going to be you're going to get stuff taken away from you they just don't and so people are running wild with it and the coaches don't know what to do because if they if they get caught doing it they could potentially get fired and so yeah. um you know it's one of those situations it's 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 a div- it's difficult zach heilprin our sports director ben kenny joining us uh, you can check their show again Hell. today two to four kenny and heilprin beautiful fantastic show very well produced as well so uh boys what do we expect today as, as wisconsin's getting their uh go around here at big Ten media days what's on the agenda for one kenny and heilprin today well we are staring currently at illinois head coach brett bielema and oh. that is the only goal the only goal for today uh he is sitting down with some other radio folks here, so at least I have a little bit of hope, perhaps. Maybe Ben can work his magic yeah. and, and get him on the show because that is the goal for today. But we also get to be talking with all the Wisconsin players as well. Graham Mertz down here, Keanu Benton, Nick Herbig, and obviously Paul Chris will talk as well, and we'll see all the interesting things he has to Burning say. question. Burning question really quick. Burning question on Brett Bielema. Is he wearing a muumuu? <laughs> He is not. It's really hard to say. I don't. I don't. Well, he's not hard to miss in either direction. When you guys interview Graham Mertz, can you get a side by side with Ben? And then at the end of the picture, can Ben just turn to him and say, "I know we look alike, but I'm more of a cone guy." (laughs) Here's the thing: Uh, we have had multiple, multiple media members. I would argue every. We have now added almost every media member in the Wisconsin contingent to the uh, Ben looks like Graham Mertz. He's field. the, he's the so, more successful um, Graham it's Mertz. Very, it's been a very successful trip, I will say that for sure, in terms of getting Ben the recognition that he deserves. So, Zach, I know you got Graham Mertz. You're going to be interviewing him. Have you been practicing your questions while looking at Ben because he does indeed look like a Graham Mertz? Like, did you guys go out last night? And he's like, can I just bump a couple questions off you because you look so much like him, the more successful version? Have you been doing that? No, I have not. And instead, actually, I have been uh, thinking about ways to, you know, deliver my questions accurately and consistently, which is something that, you know, we're hoping, I think a lot of people are hoping that Graham will be able to do with football this fall. Oh, um, so, nice. yeah, that's, well, that, that is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be my best self. And, consistent questions. Yep. Wow. Consistent questions, accurate questions. Even against the tough defenses. Yep. Yep. And, and Graham's... Graham's got some. Uh, well, I'd hate defense. for you, Heilprin, so, to yeah, be a five-star reporter only to show up and perform like a two-star. Yeah, that would be tough. But we well, know he's he was a four-star. I mean, he was he was a four-star, uh, and I, I feel I feel like I can perform to a two-star level today. We'll see. Again, it's early. Didn't get a ton of sleep last night, and so we'll, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. But I, I'm I'm feeling confident. Feeling confident. What are you guys doing last night? last night? Yeah, what'd you do? Like, give us a give us a go around. Did drinking. you on a scale of one to Charlie? How drunk did you guys get? <laughs> well, some of us were drunker than others. Um, it also depends on the hour of the day when you're talking about Charlie. Yes, that's accurate as well. well uh, is it I, 6 a.m. or is it 9? Right? Like, what I don't, is I don't 6 think 6 a.m. or 9 a.m.? I, don't, I, don't think I can't tell. I don't think it matters. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> All right, so, boys, uh, looking at this, uh, real question, uh, a serious question for you, and I know I'm, I'm kind of – I think everyone's kind of sick of the Graham Mertz, like, you know, is this the year that he takes a step, yada, yada, yada. Let's say Graham Mertz doesn't take a step, and it's kind of like maybe another inaccurate and uh, down kind of year. Is there anyone that in that quarterback room to rise up to the occasion and take it, or are we just like, this is the Graham Mertz we're going to get all year? Uh, you're getting the, the, I think you're getting the Graham Mertz show most of the year unless he gets hurt. Did Ben uh, throw down don't his vision unless- heads up there? Well, so I desperately want to get Brett Bielema on the show. So I uh, I told him to put the headset down and, and go ask his people to make sure we get him on the show. Uh, so, yes, he did put down his headset. I had a couple more so Jack Cone jokes. Do that because I, I told I know, and he's yeah, I'm sure he's probably fed up with those two. Uh, but, no, I, I personally um, think that it's going to be Graham Mertz, and it's going to be Graham Mertz, and it's going to be more Graham Mertz. Um, I don't think Chase Wolf is, is the answer. I don't no. think Deacon Hill is going to be ready. And Miles, I haven't really even seen Miles Burkett. 
plays. So those are all, I mean, it's, it's Graham Mertz or nothing. All right, obviously the offensive line um, ho- hopefully going to be a little more consistent than, you know, a couple of years uh, as of late. But, Zach, let's, these wide receivers coming in, I mean, we know Braylon Allen's a total beast and can help out Graham Mertz. But what, what's the takeaway on these wide receivers coming in for Graham Mertz? I think it's a, I think it's a better group than it was last year, even though they lost Andy Davis and Kendrick Pryor. I think they're they're deeper. And I also believe Chimray DK, who we've seen flashes of these these first two years, I think he has a chance to be, based on what we saw in the spring, has a chance to be a true, true number one receiver, which hasn't been the case for Wisconsin in, in a while. They haven't had a true number one since Quintez Cephas, and I think Chimray can be that true number one. But then you also have guys like Skylar Bell ready to step up. Marcus Allen, Keontes Lewis to transfer from UCLA coming in, kind of offers pretty much everything. He's got deep speed. He's willing to block. He's a big body. And then Dean Ingram moving over from the defensive side, you know, potentially as a slot receiver. Um, he looked really good in the spring. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of options for him there. I think the big question is who's going to be catching passes at tight end with Jake Ferguson no longer there. That's among the bigger questions they have in, in uh, fall camp coming yeah. up. Ben, are you back? He is back. Did yeah, you, I'm did, back. Did you secure the big bag, a.k.a. Barry or uh, Brett Bielema? Um, not yet. What do you mean? Not yet. Just this, this guy may not. This guy may. You, someone may need to, to do Bill's show tomorrow again. Uh, again, I would. I mean, <laughs> well, it's not going to be me because I'm, go, I'm going to, to I'm going to Vegas, so it's <laughs> not me. Yeah. By the time I walk back, I think I could get there by six o'clock. Well, it's my understanding that it went really, really well yesterday, and uh, that Nelson did a fantastic job. Uh, yeah, no? Nelly, Nelly that, filled an ad from ben 10 said. to what, 11:30. Yeah. Even scrambled the call. I'm not shaking my head at all. Listen, (laughs) things get very well produced around here. Uh, No one ever answered my question before I let you guys go. What is Brett Bielema wearing? If it's not a muumu, then what is it? Again, it's a, it's this is one of those things that's really hard to say for sure. Ben, you said you said you were going to rate everybody at the Big Ten Media Days on their attire. What's Bielema? You got an eye for yeah, fashion. Uh, yeah, Pat, it's Ben Eye for the straight guy. Pat What's Brett Bielema wearing? Uh, Pat Fitzgerald definitely has the best fit at this point. I'm trying to do my own research here and really figure out what he's wearing. It's it's tough to say. Bielema's just Bielema's just got the normal suit on, a blue shirt, and his orange tie that goes. Matches his face pretty good at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a picture of it because it is it is quite close. I, would you yeah, agree? Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, my research has concluded that that's a very fair thing to all say. All right. Cool. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. So we got uh, a lot coming up. Yeah. Well, who, who, you got, who, you got, who you got? Who you got? Who you got? Who you got? Well, we're getting no. We're going to have to place it put it together during the day, but it's going to be amazing. I'm sure it will be, um, just like always. And uh, but yeah, Badgers, Badger heavy, Badger heavy today after uh, Minnesota heavy yesterday. All right, so my assignments for you guys the rest of the way: <laughs> Ben picture with Graham Mertz, Zach. I'm going to say if you do get that interview with Brett Bielema, one obviously you have to ask him how he's doing. You know the small talk. I just heard a picture. Then afterwards. Can you slip in the and how's Jen? And ask if you can be unblocked from Twitter. <laughs> that is literally the only reason I want to have him on the show is to get unblocked on Twitter. Um, so, but, but yes, I can do those other things for sure, Nelly, for sure. All right, boys. I, just well, want to, I wish I could see his face. Yeah. All right, boys, we're going to let you go on your merry way. Are you still on the 46-yard line at Lucas Oil? I'm on the 47. Ben's almost. I might the be the 45 and a half. We're drifting apart as the minutes go by. Well, that's yeah, what happens even at the Badger home games when we're doing a broadcast. Like you'll be standing next to Zach Halprin, and all of a sudden you like you'll take a, a oh, I wonder to your why. left. They take a pick to your right, and he's like as far as away as he can go that the cord will let him on the yeah. Uh, so box. If you want to keep him close, sometimes you just gotta reach an arm out and grab him. Yeah, you just gotta give him a hug, a little male embrace. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's those are all things that I love. I, oh, I love trust me, I know. Really close to people and big hugs, and yeah, it's it's really amazing. Yeah, really amazing. Is. What also but. is amazing, Kenny and Halpern today, two to four. Can't wait. Super excited to listen again. Appointment listening, boys. I do think you guys will change the name to what. You know, you could go Kenny and Halpern, maybe Halpern and Kenny, or again, Axel Rose and Slash. Oh. Mm. Well, I'm going to bring it full circle right here. I don't here. really get that reference. Well, Axl Rose is the singer of Guns N' Roses. Slash was the lead guitarist. But I'll, I'll say this. Ben, and you'll like this. You'll like this, Ben. And Zach, you'll like this, too. 
If you don't get Brett Bielema on Kenny and Heilprin today from 2 to 4, guess who's doing all the Green and Gold postgame shows? <laughs> we'll leave you with that. All right. Boys, go get him. We love you. Yes. All right. See, See you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's an appearance I joke right there. The Tampa Bay Rays. What the hell happened with the Tampa Bay Rays last night involving the Razor's Edge, a game you had bet on? They were winning. One of the best pitchers, if not one of, the, if not the best pitcher in the game, was doing his thing. Tell the folks what happened. Well, this was one like obviously I'm frustrated because you know put a wager down on the Rays. Was hoping they would win by two or more. They had an opportunity to do so, even if they had won three to two. If it had played out like it was probably going to, I would go, oh crap. You know, they had their opportunities with runners in scoring position. They just really didn't hit with runners in scoring position. Tough bet. Lost. Whatever. Yeah. But, but. it's the eighth inning, and the Rays are up three to two. Baltimore Orioles are the home team. Shane McClanahan has arguably been the best pitcher in Major League Baseball this season. He started the All-Star game for the AL He looked phenomenal last night. All they mustered on him was two good swings. Two good swings that turned into two runs because he left two pitches up over the middle of the plate and two of the better players on the Rays team put good swings on it and put it into the seats for home runs. Solo shots. Mm. He had only one other bat, I guess you would say bad batter where he walked a guy. Going into the eighth inning, two hits, Two solo shots and a walk. Like he How was, he was looking clinical. He he was putting on a clinic. He looked phenomenal. Just it, those two bad pitches. Eighty-one pitches. Eight-one. Eighty-one pitches, and they took him out in the eighth inning. Now, eighty-one. The, the the Rays do have a pretty decent bullpen. They're in the top ten. We know that you know the last decade the Rays have been kind of that team with the openers or bullpen games, and then Milwaukee kind of copied them. So don't get me wrong. They have a good bullpen, and they went to one of their higher leverage relievers, so it wasn't like they went to, you know, the the long reliever here in the eighth inning. Yeah. But this reliever came in and got absolutely rocked. They not only didn't cover the game, they lost. They lost straight up. The reliever that came in, and he has pretty good numbers, he couldn't record an out. All they did was hit the baseball and run around the bases. And the next thing you know, he gave up three runs in that inning. They lost five to three, five to three winning. They had the best pitcher in the American league in the eighth inning with 81 pitches and they took him out. I'm sorry. You deserve to lose. Uh, Kevin cash is a moron. What did you say on Twitter? I got to read this verbatim because I chuckled. I liked it. Uh, let's see here. Rowdy underscore razor. I don't know what kind of numbers somebody could hand you to make you say, I got the best pitcher in baseball. They've literally had only two good swings on him this entire game. I have a lead and he's not even at that magical 100. Yeah. What numbers were you looking at to take him out? Now, was this tweet from 12 hours ago? Uh, the, I don't understand baseball today. Is that tweet involving this? Yeah, that's, and I even put a disclaimer on there. I'm going to read it. Uh, this is from Rowdy underscore Razor on Twitter. That would be our Nelly over here. At 8.28 p.m., July 26th, the year 2022 of our Lord, last night. And I quote, I don't understand baseball today. It's a terrible product. These smart, quote-unquote, numbers people are really dumb. I swear these analytics lose just as many games as they win. Most of the time, sports slash players are better when they don't think too much. Disclaimer, not a Brewers tweet. Yeah, because the Brewers were actually (laughs) winning at the time. So I didn't want people thinking I was sitting there watching the Brewers bitching about something. And then this is a Rowdy quote tweets, overmanaging is a disease that kills. And then a little later, Kevin Nash is a moron. Imagine taking out arguably the best pitcher in baseball this year with 81 pitches in the eighth with a lead. Couldn't be me. And then if you go and if you... (laughs) You read the the replies to the Rays final tweet of them losing five to three to the Orioles. Rays fans just losing their minds, kinda like I was. Yeah. But I think even more. I quoted that tweet and, you know, talked about Kevin Cash being an idiot. 
I even had a Rays fan tweet at me an office or what is that an office gif where he flips his desk saying can't believe we just lost that. It's one of the most head scratching losses. Like we've seen Craig Council do stuff like that too. It's like you pull in like a Corbin Burns for who's pitching this afternoon. I just I just don't get what type of numbers or how you feel so confident to go away from one of the best guys. Like even in high school, at the high school varsity level, you you clearly have teams where it's like, okay, this team's a a decent team, but they have like one or two really good pitchers, mm-hmm. and those guys throw like every other game because they ride their best pitchers. Yeah. If you don't even have a high school coach that's not doing that, I don't even know if I could consider him a coach. He's probably a babysitter. Just, yeah. Exactly. He's a glorified babysitter. I said that word for word Did you? in my So uh Corey from Marshall together, Corey from Marshall and I were uh chatting back and forth about it and I legitly said right here at this point in my opinion they're just a glorified babysitter. babysitter. There it is. I like how that's funny. You got like novels of messages and Corey just says totally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like I I don't get what you can be looking at like, why do you have to make it so complicated with all these numbers and analytics? Here's the simple thing. You have one of the best pitchers in the game. He hasn't even reached your magic number of 100. He's looked really good. You're winning. What are you doing? What is that movie from? That baseball is an like, easy sport. I think sport. people want... You hit like, the ball. You have all these analytic nerds that got into the game and they start using it more and more and more. Okay, that's you fine to a point, ball. but I think these people get lost in the sauce and the numbers. It's like, when you think about sports, a lot of times, it's not that complicated. You throw the ball. You hit the ball. You catch the ball. Baseball is a simple sport, Rowdy. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. This is a simple game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. Seems pretty simple to me. Now you got all these nerds with their pocket protectors and their uh, bifocals trying to tell, mm, yes, you need to tank out him. He has 81 pitches in the eighth inning. Our odds say, even though he is looking like Cy Young, that we go to our bullpen and we'll win the game. Well, you lost. Now what? Well, it's like even with the hitting these mm, days, yes. it's like Willie Adamas used to be, even just last season, a 260 career, you know, 250, 260 hitter. Now, was he a guy that was easily hitting 300? In his, no, but like he was a solid hitter, especially at the shortstop position. Brought a little bit of pop, plus fielder. Now look at him. He's still been a plus fielder, but it, it's like, it, it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, he's so swing or miss. Like he's hit or miss. Mm-hmm. He swings and he hits a home run or Literally. it's a pop up or it's a strikeout. Yeah. And he's hitting like 215. Yeah, it's either straight, strikeout, pop up, or hit a home run. Now I get, so I guess he's willing to trade a little bit more production, a few more home runs a year, and a few more RBIs a year for a lot more strikeouts and a lot more boring at bats for us to watch. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Do you think? Of, by the way, speaking of trading, and I believe things. it was Jay Krebs that sent a oh, a tweet last night saying, at this point. It's basically like glorified slow pitch softball. Oh yeah, I did see him say that. Because these yeah. guys are getting so big, where it's just like yeah, they hit a home run, or it's. Well, look at Daniel Vogelback. That guy looks like he should be. He's destined for you know like a slow pitch softball league, and he's the guy bringing the keg with him. So John messages in hey, here and said, Johnny. "Cash did the same thing in the World Series game, pulling Blake Schnell, who was throwing a yeah, gem, and yeah, they lost." Yeah. People forget. Besides John. There you go. Very intriguing when it comes to baseball. I, I just don't nerds. get it. I don't, I don't, I'll never get it. And the people that support it, too. Uh, if ben, if he's listening, or Grant Bills, if they're listening, they support the pulling of professional baseball players from their craft while they're balling. Oh, Slash may chuckle about my tweets, but... And then, it's funny... He probably would agree with pulling them. I, I, I don't understand... 
Because then you hear actual pitchers, Rowdy. It was, uh, God, was it a Phillies pitcher or was it a Red Sox pitcher uh, like a month or so ago? So, like, this is what we train all year for. This is what we are are paid to do. It would have been a Cardinals pitcher. It was Miles Michaelis. Oh, they're, they're, I know those red in the uniforms. Yeah, Michaelis saying, he's like, this is what we do. Give me the ball and let me go to work. Like, why do you got to pull me? It's so frustrating at times. And you've seen, well, like Craig Council now, uh, for example, you've seen him ride Corbin Burns longer in the games now, haven't you? Well, look at what he did just two nights ago with Aaron Ashby. Um, Aaron Ashby went like roughly 115 pitches yeah. that night. All the starting pitchers, I mean, for the most part, have been going like, oh, this is the most they pitch all season. They're getting longer, longer now, well, starts more pitches. He's also a little, little one. He's done it. When Craig Council has done it, you notice the the theme for me is when he knows he needs a win bad. Yeah. Because remember some of those times where he was really letting Corbin Burns go the last month or so is when they were in that long losing streak in the beginning of June and he needed a win bad. And that was obviously his best way of getting a win is letting your best pitcher Corbin Burns throw. Totally. The other... The other times I think lately is more or less that Hater has not been good. Hater looks good again, though. Bo- Boxberger has been a little bit off as well. He hasn't been as good as he was those first like three months. And then you had like guys like Trevor Gott who are really good at the beginning of the year. Maybe they're getting a little bit more figured out where they're not as effective. Yeah. So I think he's like maybe if I can squeeze one more inning out of Ashby, it'll be just uh hand the ball to Williams and hater instead of having to go through like a got or a box burger or even still holding your breath with hater. Yeah. I mean, he has, he has looked, looked better, better after the break, but when people were saying, Oh, Josh hater always looks like this in July. I get it. There might be a little dip here and there, and it tends to come in the middle of the season. That was every July. But he's never been as bad as yeah, what we worst. saw. That was, that was bad. His, that was his worst dip. 2019 was his second worst.